I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling. And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help. With the aid of my favorite wrestling show, this is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start. And current wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time. This week, we cleverly infiltrate the episode of NXT that originally aired on June 12th, 2014, and so does Bo Dallas. And it's amazing. Welcome to episode 56 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, Adrian Neville defended his championship for the second week in a row. In this episode, Adrian Neville defends his championship for the third week in a row. Uh, But despite being the main event of the evening, that's not the main story here. The main story, (laughs) at least for me, Bob, and I suspect for you as well. Oh, yeah is the story of Mr. NXT. Oh, 100%. A forgotten hero. (laughs) And we will get into that, along with so much more in Bob's breakdown, and it's going to be so much fun and give us so many goddamn feelings. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to warn you, Bob, and I have to warn you, listener, that after that, the fun is going to come to a screeching halt, uh, because this is by far the most brutal and painful ring the bell segment i have written to this point in the show okay i will gird my loins and my heart and i don't know my ears whatever other parts need girding yeah be prepared for that it gets really bad uh fortunately we have these sights sounds and feels of pro wrestling to cheer us up hopefully depending on what we decided to focus on and since we're not doing a wrestling term of the week this episode we will jump from there right into the cheap pop quiz but first we need the answers to last episode's cheap pop quiz bob has 12 points they need 15 to get a bonus episode covering a romance novel with a guest it's been a long journey but they can get it with a sweep Mm. so let's see how they did question number one what happens with bo dallas on the next episode is it a JBL gives Bo one more chance to win his NXT job back in a match against Sami Zayn. B. Bo buys a ticket and appears as a member of the audience, and after the title match in the main event, he rushes the ring and steals the NXT championship. C. Bo tries to sneak back into NXT by putting on a luchador mask and a cape, which is the entirety of his disguise. D. Bo appears in multiple backstage segments trying to get wrestlers to sign a petition to bring him back to NXT. Or E. Bo shows up for work like nothing happened, seemingly with no memory of his banishment. Bob, you went with D, the petition, which I thought was very astute of you. Thank you. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not the correct answer. It's definitely a thing that would have been in character for Bo Dallas to do. But what actually happens is that he tries to sneak back into NXT with a luchador mask and a cape. And we're oh gonna boy, talk about does that he! Later. <laughs> Question number two: The next episode features, I shit you not, the birth of yet another NXT tag team. Which wrestler is getting a new partner? Is it A. Aiden English, B. Wesley Blake, C. Baron Corbin, D. Adam Rose, or E. Mojo Rawley? Bob, you went with C, Baron Corbin. 
And the correct answer, as you saw on this episode, was Aiden English. Uh, I am so excited about that. It's going to be amazing when we get to that, too. And question number three. CJ Parker shows up in the audience again on the next episode, holding one of his signs. What animated or partially animated movie with an environmental message does the sign reference? A. Avatar. B. The Lorax. C. Wally. D. Ferngully. Or E. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Bob, if I recall correctly, you acknowledged that you weren't sure if your answer of Ferngully was going to be necessarily the wisest move, but you couldn't stay away. Nope. Uh, that is incorrect. I'm afraid the answer is the Lorax. You got me, Miles. You got me. So I swept you on that one. Yes, you um, did. Which means you are still sitting at 12. That's okay. That's okay. We a little bit longer, a little <laughs> bit longer to get to the promised land, but I'm sure you'll get there eventually. I'm sure we will get there eventually, Bob. Yes. And where we are now, at long last, is Bob's Breakdown. Our commentary team is Rich Brennan, Renee Young, and Alex Riley. Welp. We'll see how it goes. We get a package on the descent of Tyson Kidd into resentment and rage at the idea that he might be known in relation to his spouse instead of for his own accomplishments. Oh, no. It's like someone backstage read about the patriarchy and went, oh, my God, what if this happened to a man? I I want to say it is shitty when it happens to anyone. I really yeah. I'm not saying that. You know, what I want is reverse pay. I, what I want is a matriarchy where, like, men are put in this position. I want no one to be put in this position. I just find it hilarious that they're like, what if that happened to a man? That would be a nightmare. How horrible. They're like, you're so close. You're so close. Match one, women's trios match. So despite the fact that Bailey, Emma, and Paige enter separately, they seem infinitely more united than the team of Charlotte, Sasha, and Summer Rae, who are having a spat on the entrance ramp on their way to the ring. They have so matching like gear, though. They do have matching gear. And I was like, "That's we're, we're getting somewhere. Team Baddie starts out in control, trading around Emma, including a very rough-looking moment. Emma runs at Charlotte, and Charlotte flips her to the outside while Emma holds onto the rope and then lands on the apron. Miles, does that move have a name? Uh, not that I know of. It was notable because Charlotte was having to kind of hoist Emma up and over the rope to get her to the outside. And Charlotte was struggling somewhat. Maybe she had gone too hard at the gym the day before or something. But anyway, mm. because meanwhile, Alex Riley is sharing his learned thoughts about women as an entire group, which is oh always, God. always a good time. And, and Renee, Renee Young is here going, are you fucking kidding me yeah but she's also not helping i just know she's definitely not she's not helping talking about how the problem here is that two of the women of the group are tall blondes (laughs) yes that was like where what year is this i was like is this 2014 or 2001 we come back from commercial and summer ray is just passing him off to charlotte who gets in that headlock with the legs but Emma bridges to work it into a pin on Charlotte, who releases the hold. Meanwhile, Summer Rae is down amongst the fans posing for photos with them. Emma's holding her own as the face in peril and absorbing the blows of Team Baddies. 
and it's a lot of your basic ground and pound. Emma makes an opening as Sasha hits the corner, allowing Emma to do the dilemma and make the hot tag to Bailey, who comes in to wipe out the freshly tagged Charlotte. Bailey does a powerful suplex, moving in for the pin, and then shit kicks off. Sasha breaks it up. Paige breaks up the breaking it up. Charlotte goes for an opportunistic Charlotte's web pin. It's that bridge over a roll up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Charlotte is over Summer Rae's existence and goes to kick her off the apron. I wasn't sure why she cracked now. Miles, did something happen with Summer Rae that I didn't see? Because it was like Summer Rae was suddenly lying down on the apron and Charlotte was like, well, now is the time I'm going to kick you to the floor. It was a little bit unclear to me, too. I think it was that Summer had gotten into the ring at all and they had had some kind of altercation and she had gotten knocked down. And Charlotte was like, get out of the ring. You're not in the match right now. You're you're going to distract me into losing the match, which, of course, distracted her into losing the match. Yes, because as Charlotte is kicking Summer Rae out of the ring, Bailey sneaks up behind her for a schoolgirl roll up and pins Charlotte for the win. But the drama is not over because on the outside, Team BFFs commences to hair flipping at one another. (laughs) which we are assured is a form of showing dominance, which I was not aware of. (laughs) I I mean, and I know women. I was raised as one and I have had long hair before and I have never seen the aggressive and dangerous hair flip as a thing. But I don't know. Maybe I maybe I didn't hang out at the right places. You might have been busy in the theater room, Bob. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where you do a much different kinds of aggressive posturing. (laughs) I'm going to unscrew your stilts. (laughs) Yeah. Or just going, do you bite your thumb at me, sir? That's right. And then laughing hysterically because you're like, ah, Shakespeare, that's funny. Because you're a fucking nerd, which is, I mean, as a theater nerd, I stand by it. It's fucking funny every time. That's way too relatable for me. We're going to have to move on. It almost hurts my soul. Summer Rae is pissed. She made those two women. Made them. The other thing about what's happening with them, I think, and the announcers are doing a terrible job of relating this, but what I think the storyline is supposed to be is that Summer is back after being on Raw and SmackDown, and she has a lot of feelings about how great she is, hence her posing at ringside with fans. And so she's kind of acting like she's too good for NXT now. And that's part of the reason why uh, Charlotte and Sasha are like, this is bullshit. You can't just like leave randomly and then come back like you own the place. Commentary, of course. I mean, at one point, Alex Riley is like, wow, Summer Rae looks like she's in great ring shape. She must have been wrestling somewhere. I wonder where she's been wrestling. And Renee Young is like, she's been wrestling on Raw and SmackDown. Do you watch our show? So it gets completely muddled and it's unclear if that's actually the case. But I think that's what they're trying to do. Okay. Backstage, a masked man with a deep voice is signing paperwork to join NXT. Batman? (laughs) <laughs> Wait, no, he, he's got a white like or a mask on and he's going to make a big impression. He truly, Bo, <coughs> believes that. Mm-hmm. So still backstage, the BFFs are still quarreling when Alexa Bliss comes in to get her stuff from the locker. And uh, how fucking dare she come into this shared space? But she says, I'm not looking for a fight, but a match would be great. And Sasha is staggered at the audacity. But Bliss takes that as a yes, smiles and strolls off. CJ Parker 
is in the crowd and he is 100% organic and speaks for the trees. Mm-hmm. And now a man that speaks for the bros because it is match two. <laughs> Big Cass is going to take on the Frenchest Frenchman that ever Frenched. So Sylvester Lafour comes out, looks ripped. Yeah, he does. Like, extra ripped. I want to say credit to Sylvester Lafour. He has not forgotten his roots. He has gold knee pads. Yeah, and armbands. So happy. Lafort tries to bring the big man down and gets cast to his knees amidst a perfunctory USA chant. Like the audience was kind of going, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, we got to do one. USA, I guess we USA. Big cast bounces back and just rains down blows and a big boot to the snoot on Lafour. He does the East River Crossing, which is that last swing dance move where you just say, I never liked your dancing anyway, and slam <laughs> your partner to the mat, pins him for the win. Backstage. Natty is super excited to be out there supporting her man for the main event. Tyson is doing some push-ups and is also being a baby and is going, well, yeah, but it's not it's not really about you being out there. This is about the championship. That's where my focus is. And Natalia's going, I mean, I can stay in the back. That's not a problem. Right, yeah. And Kid goes, no, it's fine. I just know that my focus has to be on this championship. And I have been both sides of this argument and i <laughs> i am tagged in this picture and i fucking hate it <laughs> i want to say i would never be the tyson kid but i have been the tyson kid and i'm not too proud to say oh, i was i was the tyson yep. kid a couple of times last week alone i'm not here to <laughs> lie to you <laughs> and like in the moment you're going well i'm very reasonable i am yeah. being sane and honest about my state of affairs and your spouse I'm is going mad. you're mad what's the what the fuck is wrong with you and you're like nothing what's wrong with you and they're like <laughs> yeah. no seriously what's what is wrong with you and then later on you're like oh i was an asshole wasn't i and you're like yep. Oh, yep. i hate this Backstage, still, Aiden English is lamenting in the form of a song when Waldo Guy materializes beside him, wearing a one-shoulder, tit-out unitard like a circus strongman and smiling cheerfully. Totally silent. English is baffled and asks, Who are you? And our strongman friend doesn't respond, but demonstrates to English his strength by carrying over a large steel girder. (laughs) English can't believe this guy is that strong. And smiling guy uh, just smiles, leaving English going, but who are you? (laughs) Honestly, this is the Cinderella story I've been waiting for my whole fucking life. Like, it's weirdly romantic, meet cute. I need to go read about it. I don't know who this character is yet, but I need to go read about it. And I bet there's not enough fanfic about it. And I'm pissed already. I'm so happy we're here. Can I just say, I'm so happy that we're here. Um... You have no idea. Like, you think this is delightful now, Bob. (gasps) I can see it in your face. You think this is currently delightful. Yes, I do. You have no idea how much more delightful this is going to get immediately. (sighs) And we'll talk more about that on the next episode. And I'm so fucking excited. Okay, I'm I'm pumped. And I love this exchange because it's like there's almost no dialogue. The guy that oh, you're not yeah. supposed to remember is Waldo from the Adam Rose party. He won't talk, but when he goes and picks up the girder off screen, you can just hear like, hoop, hoop, hoop. You I know, love it. Like strong man noises. And like, I and love the strong man noises so much. Or like, uh, yeah. I, hoop, hey, hoop. 
Yeah, exactly. And English doesn't really have any words either. He's just like, huh? At first, and I was beautiful. like, is this guy a mime? If he is a mime, I'm very into it. But if he's just Circus Dongman, I'm also very into it. I'm into it no matter what. I just want to know. Uh, we'll talk about it next time. It's going to be so incredible. Like, I'm not trying to overhype this, but like, it's seriously amazing. Match number three. <clears throat> Lady Whistledown's Match Report. Ah, yes. This author finds themselves compelled to share the most curious news indeed. A new debutante <laughs> has arrived in our fair promotion and seeks admittance to the upper echelons of the ton. <laughs> a certain Mr. NXT recently signed. But already this masked wrestler is embroiled in a scandal. Mr. Zane had the pleasure of sparring with him and was in excellent form. I dare say all the mamas of the ton have their eye on him as a potential suitor. It's rumored he may even be in line for the NXT Championship someday. As the match begins, the rest of the ton made their opinion known quite insistently, urging Bo leave, informing Mr. NXT that he, quote, can't fool them. Mr. Zane was similarly bemused by the proceedings, but did indulge Mr. NXT in a dance within the squared circle. After a handsome series of arm drags, Mr. Zane did a mocking version of the thumbs up so oft given by the presumably departed Mr. Bo Dallas. Mr. NXT was able to dominate the match, executing a clothesline and getting Mr. Zane up onto the corner and maneuvering Mr. Zane onto his shoulders. Mr. Zane leapt forward off of Mr. NXT to land on the mat, taking the mask of this luchador with him. A move that is considered gauche in the extreme. But one can perhaps understand why when the gentleman underneath turned out to be none other than Mr. Dallas, recently returned in disguise to continue plaguing the ton. Mr. Zane put the shame-faced Mr. Dallas out of his misery with a helluva kick and a pin for three. Although we are, of course, embarrassed for Mr. Dallas, this author understands the exhilaration of taking a gamble, for it is often the highest risk that carries the greatest reward. Although in the case of Mr. Dallas, this risk results in a prolonged chase with the campus constabulary as he is wrestled into a golf carriage. <laughs> One would have to be made of stone not to feel something for the desperate Mr. Dallas. <laughs> can, can every episode from now on just be you repeatedly saying halluva kick in that voice? <laughs> I feel like there's probably not a market for that. <laughs> the halluva kick. Halluva <laughs> <laughs> kick. Uh, it's so good. Um, oh, Bob. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be talking a lot more about this match, this segment a little bit later on. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, but I do want to ask you about one thing that was okay. complicated. Okay. Commentary felt really weird during this because uh -huh. Rich and Alex were pretending not to know what was happening. And right. Renee was not pretending not to know what was happening. Now, I couldn't tell you how it's supposed to work in these instances, but I could tell that this wasn't it. So whenever there is a super transparent trick, how is commentary supposed to respond to it? Because I know that a heel commentator is supposed to be doing one thing. Face commentators or, you know, neutral parties are supposed to be doing a different thing. The thing that's complicating it really is that we don't get a great sense of like, because Brennan is supposedly play by play. And mm -hmm. then Riley and Young are clearly doing color commentary. But like... 
Renee is kind of doing babyface color commentary and Alex is kind of doing heel color commentary, even though he seems to like switch back and forth depending on who's with him. It's weird because like if Regal is with him, Regal often goes into the like slightly more heelish. I'm an old villain type commentary and Mm -hmm. Alex kind of has nowhere to go but fill that face color spot. It's a consistent problem with a three-person announced team in general. In a traditional announced team, what you would have had is the play-by-play person and the color commentator, and the play-by-play sees right through the disguise, and the color commentator is is basically being willfully obtuse okay. because it's a heel under the mask, right? And that's mm-hmm. the color guy's job is to be like kind of on the side of the heels. So this, this kind of storyline is a time-honored one in wrestling. Nothing about any of this is new. It's just a really well-done version of uh, an old wrestling trope or a combination of old wrestling tropes. And so the three-person announced team makes it weird because in this situation, you know what you're supposed to be hearing. You're supposed to be hearing the play-by-play see through it. You're supposed to be hearing color commentator be sucked in by it, at least theoretically. So the fact that Brennan... Uh, Renee and Alex kind of suck up all the air in the room during this match of commentary. But when Brennan mm-hmm. is talking, he basically claims to not know that it's Bo Dallas under the, the mask. It's a bad choice. So far, I am not becoming any more fond of Rich Brennan than I was before, for the record, keeping track on that. The other thing about it, though, too, the other thing that makes it weird to me is that Renee is being so specific. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of got to give the heel some room to pretend you know, yeah, like, and that's a like, hard line to walk. It really is, because she's saying things like, how could you not recognize him? Look at him. Look at his body. I can see who it is. And Alex is like, kind of does this weird gay panic, like, I don't look at men's bodies type deal. That was so weird. And I'm like, you watch wrestling. <laughs> that's yeah, literally what you do. You're a wrestling commentator. You comment on an athletic competition, supposedly. And it, it was all very strange. I enjoyed it at some places because like there are moments when it's just Renee and Alex doing the you know Renee is clearly doing the I see through it and Alex is clearly doing the no it's not Bo and like there are moments where it, it clarifies and, and sort of uh, you know works for a short period of time but overall uh, yeah it's rough match number four our main event Tyson Kidd versus Adrian Neville this is meant to be something of a big deal i guess like formative to kids character let me tell you the bell goes and the crowd is chanting yoshitatsu oh, so yeah, they are. I, yeah i feel like the narrative impact is not hitting as nxt intended i dare say we'll talk Yikes. about it later but like such a strong contrast to the match that went before with Bo and sammy yeah and it speaks to a lot of things about there are certain things that you cannot teach. Yep. And there are certain things that you have to be performing in a way that is meaningful and you can't just be good at it. Cause if people wanted to watch people be good at stuff, that's what the Olympics are for. That's exactly right. So Natalia's on the outside cheering Tyson on as the two do a lot of hold for hold technical wrestling The audience is really rowdy throughout all of this. There's Mm. a lot of broken chants. There's a lot of like kids kind of just intermittently yelling. Neville gets some momentum and does a flip to the outside onto Tyson. And the audience kind of perks up and starts a a fairly strong NXT chant. Natalia looks worried. And then we get a commercial for Batista, the animal unleashed. And it made me want to snuggle Dave Batista. He looks very snuggly. 
Yes. Am I ever going to get to see him on NXT? And is he someone I should know about? Because uh, I only know him as Drax. <laughs> Batista will not be appearing on NXT. He's already pretty much done wrestling at this point. He was the guy who had his big return at the Royal Rumble, and he was supposed to be like the big babyface coming back to fight Randy Orton at WrestleMania. But the crowd didn't give a shit because he wasn't Daniel Bryan, because the crowd Mm -hmm. didn't give a shit about anyone who wasn't Daniel Bryan at that moment in time. So when he won the Royal Rumble, the crowd booed the daylights out of him. It ended up being a triple threat with him and Orton and Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania 30. Brian wins. Uh, Batista had already basically turned heel, but officially turned heel, joining up with Orton and Triple H uh, to reform their old evolution stable. And then they basically did a storyline with the shield that lasted through the summer. And after that, he was essentially gone. He will come back for, I think, a match or two, like a WrestleMania match or two. Mm -hmm. Like he'll make a couple of appearances. But for the most part, by this point, like he's already doing Hollywood. Guardians is already coming out. He's done. So we're not going to be seeing him in NXT at all. But you should definitely know about him because Batista is amazing. And I I have a lot of fondness for him. He's a wrestler who doesn't get as much of the credit as I would say he deserves. Um, he had some very untimely injuries that I think contributed to that. But I think he's really, really good. I loved him. Like Batista was, you know, when I first started in wrestling, Batista was was the guy like he I I remember watching him for the first time. I remember watching him debut as Deacon Batista and he was hanging out with Reverend Devon and collecting money from the crowd or whatever. They were doing this weird like evil preacher gimmick. Oh, wow. Um, And then he joined up with Triple H and Orton and Ric Flair in Evolution had this really amazing, amazing face turn that still I think to this day is one of the best examples of how to slow burn, turn somebody face like in time for WrestleMania so that you can end WrestleMania in this case, WrestleMania 21 with Batista holding the title and having vanquished triple H and, and fireworks going off and everything, you know, and then from there it kind of, he, he is a problem with baby faces. When you, you know, you turn the guy face, it's a really great turn. He wins the championship You know, all of a sudden he's champion and nobody likes cheering for the guy who's on top. It's just, it's, it's a reason. It's one thing that I think the WWE and Vince McMahon in particular has never really understood. And maybe, and like, you know, whatever kids do, like kids like cheering for the guy at the top. Kids like cheering for the person who always wins. Like they like cheering for John Cena, but I hate the way that WWE does this like face on top booking sometimes where you've got these baby faces with long title reigns where they just get boring and stale because that's not what I want to see. It's not what so many people want to see is like the good guy always winning. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is that? And traditional wrestling booking like wisdom says the same thing. The money is in the chase. You put as soon as that fucking belt goes on a baby face, you put it on a heel again, like right away, because nobody gives a shit. That story is over. Now you've got to now you have to we have to restart the chase. So this is a really long, weird thing for me to be talking about during this no, conversation. No, it's about super Batista, important but- because I think about watching, you know, any of the current stuff that I'm watching or the fact that. I hated Bo's title reign for such a long time and was resisting that. And that now that Neville has it, I don't care as much because I don't need to. It's not important. Yeah. And I think Neville is actually a really great, like, baby face champion. Neville is fantastic because he consistently maintains an attitude of, like, he, he actually is, like, cocky. He actually is, like, 
you know, he's very much like, fuck you, I'm champion, which I think is something that a lot of people can get behind, especially for a guy like Neville, who's smaller and who it kind of looks like you're putting him in feuds with Brodus Clay. It's like you can still kind of get behind the guy, right? Yes. But with Batista, you know, he's this big, enormous, muscular dude. He wins the championship. He beats Triple H like three pay-per-view main events in a row, which was a big deal at the time. You know, he holds the title and then he gets hurt and he comes back and things aren't the same. And he does some really great heel work a lot of the time and, you know, really anchors that like mid aughts time in WWE, really reliable main eventer when he wasn't hurt. Um, mm. And, you know, but I, he just had a lot of injuries and I think he had a, I, I, I get the sense that he had a bit of a fractured, a, a bit of a fraught relationship with the wrestling business. I haven't watched this DVD that's being promoted, so I don't really know. Uh, the details, but he's had he's had some weird shit happen in his life. He's had some tragedy. He's had some some stuff. He's very he's a very interesting and very outspoken guy. And um, I think if we had known at the time what we know now about him, we probably would have been able to call the fact that his career was relatively short, considering how big of a star he was. Hashtag Drax fucks. So we come back from commercial to Tyson in control and keeping Neville under his thumb with holds. There's a lot holds. of holds. Meanwhile, on commentary, Renee is trying to explain to Riley that it's possible for women to be breadwinners and to be the, quote, <laughs> dominant one in the relationship. And Alex Riley is basically taking all of his talking points from a half-watched episode of Mad Men. Yep. In the match, Neville delivers that peerless missile drop kick and kips up following it with a Northern Light suplex that might... Be as gorgeous as Alicia Fox's. Eh, it's up there. It's not a Fox Northern Lights, but it's close. <laughs> Tyson comes back and gets Neville strung into the ropes and kicks him in the head from off the ropes. Pins Neville, who gets a foot on the rope, even as the ref counts three. Kid thinks he's won for a second, but the ref and Natty confirm that Neville did have his foot on the rope. Natty's first betrayal. Which unleashes something in Kid. He gets Neville in the Tree of Woe and hip checks the shit out of him. He goes for the sharpshooter, but Neville gets to the ropes. Close up on Kid going, what more can I do? Kid does the blockbuster off the top rope and nearly folds Neville in half. Yeah, does a amazing pin. sell from Neville on that. Oh my god, my neck was twinging looking at it. My back was hurting everything. It looked disgusting. Yes. Pin, kick out. Kid tries another move. Pin, kick out. Tyson Kid is getting desperate. And goes to grab a chair. Natty takes it back saying, you're better than that. Kid looks frustrated. And when he turns back to Neville, he's met with a kick. Followed by one of the biggest red arrows we've seen. One Oof. that ends with Neville bouncing a nearly three feet into the air after landing. Yeah, and then pinning Kid for the win. I know. I was like, did you hit a trampoline? What the fuck? <laughs> Natty, Kid, and Neville all look utterly destroyed. Natty goes to comfort Kid, who will barely even look at her. Fade to black. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, thank you for that breakdown, Bob. How did you find this episode overall? I fucking loved the bit with Sami Zayn and Bo Dallas. That we'll was yeah. tremendous. At first, I gave no shits about the main <laughs> event. I was like, I, the fuck I care. But then the main event, and even the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to watch it again. And then halfway yeah. through, like the audience, I'm like, oh, this is good. I forgot. 
Yeah, it and, could have been so, could have been like ten minutes shorter or like five minutes shorter. Yes, it didn't need the first half. The first half was nothing, and I don't know why they had it that long. You know, the wrestling, it's the main event. You need to do some, like, normal wrestles before you get into the story stuff. You know what I mean? No, though. Give me nothing but story. Just pour story directly into my mouth and just fit in, like, some other shit. We are going to talk all about the Mr. NXT storyline and the Mr. NXT storyline and possibly even the Mr. NXT storyline in the sight, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. Uh, But before we do that, we have to ring the bell. Okay. We have two people to ring the bell for. Okay. First things first, Bob, we are ringing the bell, as you might have suspected, for Bo Dallas. Yeah, it hurts. I don't like it. This is finally, officially, devastatingly, the last appearance of Bo Dallas in NXT. And even sadder is the fact that this is kind of it for him. He has a career on the main roster in terms of, like, he will be there he will work there for many years but he was almost immediately treated as a joke and basically never won anything although he did get to be in the marine five so sure Mm. um the closest thing he ever came to really having another like moment where he was a thing in wwe was in 2017 and 2018 when he and Curtis Axel formed a a tag team called the B-Team and briefly held the Raw Tag Team Championship. But that also fizzled out, and he was essentially relegated to glorified comedy jobber status. It's really sad. He was officially released from WWE earlier this year because the wealthiest wrestling promotion in the history of the world apparently can't afford to pay people whose prime athletic years they've wasted during a global fucking pandemic. Yeah. It's awful. I hate that he never went anywhere because he is clearly supremely talented. Um, Yeah. And the fact that he just sat there on their bench being wasted is ridiculous. Bo, Wherever you are, if you're listening to this, we love you, we'll miss you. We will always remember your legendary run in NXT, and we will never stop Bo leaving. No, never. I hope he gets picked up by somebody, and I hope he gets to have another couple good years. Or I hope that he goes and he gets out on the indies whenever things are a little bit safer and it's more able to have good shows. And that people go, oh my god, it's that guy. I can't fucking wait to watch this. And uh, finally, next and last, we are ringing the bell for Paige. Oh. So this is Paige's last televised appearance in NXT as she officially has to go defend her WWE Divas Championship on the main roster now. To say that the remainder of Paige's career will be tumultuous is to inherently recognize the fact that English really needs a word that means the exact same thing as tumultuous, but, like, more. Mm. Um, I I mean, where to even begin? With her main roster run, which started off so promising and with a ton of fan support and several phenomenal matches alongside AJ Lee and Nikki Bella, but which quickly ran up against the brutal reality that Vince McMahon was not ready for the so-called women's revolution uh, that Paige was at the forefront of. Could start with that. Could start with her being swept up in the transition between the old era and the new one to the extent that she was one of the last Divas champions instead of being one of the first of the new women's champions. 
Mm. How about the heartbreaking series of neck injuries that forced her into premature retirement? With even her stint as a non-wrestling manager and authority figure being abruptly cut off at the knees by WWE. I mean, I don't want to, but maybe we should talk about the multiple occasions of nude photos and sex tapes of her getting leaked online. A situation that drove her into stress-induced anorexia and alopecia and prompted her to consider suicide. And that's not even touching on her apparently toxic and abusive relationship with Alberto Del Rio. They got plastered all over the dirt sheets uh, or her public feud with WWE over wrestlers rights to make money on Twitch and Cameo, which she is still fucking right about, or any of the other miles of bullshit she's had to wade through over the last seven years. Fortunately, she seems to be doing okay now, or at least as okay as you can be after all that, but... Holy shit. Talk about somebody whose career did not go as planned. Uh, Paige, you're fucking awesome and you deserve better. We're very sorry to see you go, but we will always remember you as the first and undefeated NXT Women's Champion. Fuck yes. (sighs) Okay. I'm glad we got that out of the way. That was hard to write. Yeah, I bet. It is now time for the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. So, Megan, Bob, for this episode, what did your elf eyes see? I mean, I did see the baddies in their coordinated outfits, but like what my heart saw was that one tit hanging out in that (laughs) one shoulder unitard. It is an interesting move that is the weirdest kind of cheeky. Like men go around tits out all the time in wrestling, but to have just one is this weird like power move that I don't know what it I don't know it's just different and I'm like damn you just out here just flashing that one <laughs> I I don't know it just hits different as they say on the internets that's fair <laughs> Miles what did your elf eyes see uh, all right so spoiler alert I'm not talking about any part of this episode apart from the Sami Zayn Potalis thing because, oh, yeah. like, that's just where my entire being was drawn to. Uh, eyes, ears, and heart. Whatever, Tyson, like, you feel emasculated, I don't care. So, yeah. um, there's a lot of things about this match that I could point out that my Elvis saw. But I think the thing that I have to point out is just Bo's outfit. The fact that he just shows up in a luchador mask and a cape and he's doing all the bow taunts and he's yelling all the bow phrases and he looks so scary in that luchador mask. Yeah. This is his last appearance. We've talked about him so much as the thing from beyond the abomination in the form of a human. Mm-hmm. And like, for some reason, I feel like it's so appropriate that he should go out wearing a mask and then having the mask come off. Yeah. And then, and then clutching it to his chest instead of trying to cover his face in any way. Like, there's something so amazing about the cohesiveness of this character, even in this last stupid thing that he goes out on. I'm going to talk more uh. about it, but that's what my elf eyes saw. Megan Bob, what did your Vulcan ears hear? He touched my bum! <laughs> Bo Dallas screams as security drags him off, but he is insisting that he's being kidnapped. I knew you would latch onto that. <laughs> it's just so charming. 
And I love that he is flailing wildly in every sense of the word, including his speech. He's just like grabbing onto anything he can say that will try to stop this being dragged away by the campus security. It's yeah. He's like, I need a drink of water. Like, he's just amazing. I'm going to take your shirt. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's effervescent. What he says, what he says, I'm going to call the real police. (laughs) 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 Well, what did your Vulcaneers hear, Miles? There were so many things. I mean, it's from commentary to the hit what he's saying as he's being dragged out of the ring. But I think I want to focus on the crowd because as you mentioned, Bob, at one point, they start chanting, you can't fool us. Yes. But what you didn't mention, what you didn't mention, Bob, is that there is a part of the audience, a smaller part, that responds to that chant with, yes, he can. I fucking treasured that. It was so good. I mean, how much buy-in can you possibly get to something? I would totally have been chanting yes he can to the audience because the storyline and the character are so good and you're so invested that you just like, yes, he can definitely fool me. What Bo <laughs> Dallas? I don't see him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. It's so tremendous. All right, Bob, what did your human heart feel? The chase scene. How could the I chase not? chase scene. The chase scene lasts for about <laughs> two and a half, three minutes. It is unbelievable. He fought the whole time, was resisting actively, and like, I don't think the security people were expecting him to be that serious about his fighting back, but he is legit fighting back and like wriggling away. He is committing to the bit with a level of intensity that we don't even see on NXT now. And never will again, I I think. I don't know for sure, but, like, there's some great stuff coming on NXT. But, like, it's... It, I, I can't even... So, if for people who... Who were a little bit distracted by Bob's lady whistle down voice. If you didn't, if you didn't quite understand what was happening, just to break it down real quick, what happened is Bo Dallas put on a luchador mask and a cape. He went to JBL. He said, "My name is Mister NXT. Do you have a job for me?" JBL apparently just bought it. <laughs> and then Bo comes out to the ring wearing a mask and a cape. Otherwise, very clearly Bo Dallas. Sami Zayn knows it's Bo Dallas. Everybody knows it's Bo Dallas. But Bo Dallas is insisting that it's not Bo Dallas, even saying out loud under his mask, I'm not Bo Dallas. (laughs) And over the course of their match, Sammy gets the mask off, revealing that it is Bo Dallas. He throws the mask at Bo. Bo catches it, distracts him. Sammy hits the Huluva kick, wins the match. And then Sammy, like a fucking punk, goes and gets the cops, goes and gets security. I had feelings about that at first. But then I was like, you know what? You can't have too high expectations of this kind of thing. This is pro wrestling. It's okay to expect more of pro wrestling. What you can't expect is for the super strongly baby face, like always does the right thing character in NXT to be like, no, I'm not calling the cops on you because institutional police brutality and the inherent injustice of the prison system trumps anything you could have done, my good man. Like, <laughs> you can't- <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you saying that the good and evil paradigm can't support that in this <laughs> exactly. fight you sport? Like, they're never going to have, like, the, the super good guy, like, refuse to call the cops on somebody because nothing is more evil than the police. So, like, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> Sammy calls security and has him dragged away. The crowd's chanting at him. And Bo, like, just keeps avoiding them and, like, slips out of their grasp. And it's like, he's a big dude. He's a big muscular athlete and i'm pretty sure the guys playing security are wrestlers too but they're not acting like wrestlers they're acting like security they are and so he's slipping out of their grasp they drag him backstage and he like gets away again he's like i'll go quietly i'll go quietly and then he tries to run again <laughs> and he, he gets outside the building and the people outside are genuinely afraid. They think this man's crazy. They're like, no idea. who is this whack job who's running from security? <laughs> and then they get all four. Well, there's more like six security folks. And they get four of them who each are hoisting one limb and have him slung like a sad toddler and are dragging him that way. And then he won't get into the golf cart. <laughs> they're taking him away in a golf cart and this uh, is how Bo Dallas leaves NXT oh god nothing could be more perfect I don't even need to ask what your human heart felt I think I mean how could it feel anything else we've already been talking about it I think my passion for it has been made very clear I think that there's certain elements of it that I just felt so incredibly chef kiss about just the fact that it's Sammy I I'm so happy that the, the last match is Sammy and not Neville oh yeah because like it kind of feels like Neville leapfrogged Sammy a little bit. Like, it was kind of Sammy's feud with Bo, and Sammy should have been the conquering hero who finally took the title off of him. And then, for whatever reason, they went with Neville instead. I do feel that. They went with Neville instead. Neville got the title. Sammy does not have the title. But Sammy gets this last match. Sammy gets to be the one to officially send Bo uh, out of NXT. After Neville beat him, after he, get, he gets beat by Big E, who's the guy he took the title from, and the culmination of it is Sammy... It's like not falling for any of your tricks. Sami Zayn, who not only used to wrestle under a luchador mask, <laughs> but has done this exact thing before. He's done this exact thing before. On Bo. On Bo. We saw it happen when he put on El Local's mask. So it's like the poetry of it is just unbelievable. And it is just the perfect ending. It's the perfect ending for Bo Dallas. You know, this is the exact kind of thing that Chris Jericho used to love doing. And I believe Chris Jericho in one of his one of his many exits from WWE, he used to leave and then come back, then leave and then come back all the time. And one of his exits, I believe he did get like dragged out kicking and screaming after Vince oh. fired him. And like he's great at it, but this is just like Next level. It is next level. It's the greatest example of it. And I'm sad to see Bo leave, but at the same time, it's such a wonderfully complete story. Oh, and yeah. The more we've gotten into this, the more I feel like if I feel any regret about starting the show where we did, because I look back at the early part of NXT and I really remember it as being the story of Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. And so I thought an appropriate place to start was the first match that Sami Zayn had in NXT. And I wanted to get to 2014. I wanted to get to this period. I didn't want to wade through all the 2012 episodes. You know oh, what I mean? There's like, a lot because I have watched some of it and there is yeah. a lot of weird, random kind of half falling apart shit. 
Yeah, and I just wanted to start a little bit further in the future. And I still think that was the right way to go. But the I one agree. thing, the one thing that I that I have a regret about is just the fact that we didn't get to witness the whole story. But I think we got enough of it. I think yes. we got enough to really feel how amazing like lightning in a bottle this was. I don't think I've ever had more appreciation for a wrestler that I didn't quite understand what the deal was. You know what I mean? Like, I remember people talking about this, but I wasn't watching regularly at the time and I knew this was happening, but I wasn't, I didn't get the full extent of it. And like watching it episode by episode, it's like one of my favorite stories in wrestling. It's incredible. And I would urge you if you have not watched any of it to watch this match, just because it's worth it to see the way that Bo leaves on the highest high and the lowest low that you could imagine at the exact same time. And it is a triumph of performance in a way that I don't think I have seen anyone else do. And I kind of can't imagine anyone else doing. It's like smash fiction, you know, it's like it sucks that it ended our old podcast. It sucks that it ended. But I'm really proud of it. And I think that I think the body of work speaks for itself. And I don't I didn't want it to go on forever and not have a clean ending. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I just this is incredible. I love everything about this. Um, it's a shame to to not have Bo with us anymore. And it's a shame that he didn't go further in his career. But this story in wrestling will always be, for me, a prime example of why this medium is so good. All right, Bob. Well, those were the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. No wrestling term of the week or fanfic on this episode. Uh, Bob's fanfic about our latest women's wrestling history of the week from episode 55 will be on our next episode, so stay tuned for that. For now, Bob, it's time to close things out with the Cheap Pop Quiz. I'm going to try and get a point. A point. Again, you're still at 12, so if you get... Uh, don't tease me with this sweeping. I I don't think I've ever swept it. it. I've swept it once. Maybe I think you might've swept it once, but if you do, if you do Bob, then you will have the bonus episode with the guest. I will. And then I have to edit it. So that's a whole thing. Question number one, the main event of the next episode is a tag team match in which the Ascension are scheduled to defend their championships against the team that has never teamed up before. Who are the members of that team? Is it a, Big Cass and Mojo Rawley. B. Mojo Rawley and Adam Rose. C. Adam Rose and Sami Zayn. D. Sami Zayn and Tyson Kidd. Or E. Tyson Kidd and Adrian Neville. All of these sound baffling to me. (laughs) So I am excited to watch any of these because they will be weird. Big Cass and Mojo Raleigh makes the most sense to me because they've made their tag team division out of scraps. Big Cass and Mojo Raleigh, A is your answer. Question number two, what is the result of that match? Is it A, the Ascension are pushed to their limits, but ultimately do retain their titles? B, the Ascension are pushed to their limits and have to resort to controversial tactics to retain their titles? C, The Ascension retain their titles because their thrown-together opponents aren't on the same page. D. The new team, whatever it is, wins the championships in their first match together. Or E. 
Another team is added to the match at the last minute, and they win the titles by defeating the Thrown Together team under triple threat rules, thereby effectively sidestepping having to beat the Ascension. I'm going to say that the Thrown Together team falls apart. So Thrown Together opponents are not on the same page. Answer C. And question number three. What is the status of the beautiful, fierce females by the end of the next episode? Is it A, they're mainly still just bickering and shoving each other? B, they get into a legit fight, and by the end of it, it's pretty clear that Summer is going to be out of the group. C, they get into a legit fight, and by the end of it, Charlotte grabs a mic and declares that Summer is out of the group. D, they get into a legit fight, and by the end, Summer is challenging Charlotte for the championship. Or E, they get into a legit fight, and by the end, Summer and Sasha are both challenging Charlotte for the championship. I'm going E, because that sounds like the best explosion ever. But you know what? No, I'm going D. I'm going D, because I don't think they're ready to pull the gun on Sasha yet. By the end of their brawl, Summer is challenging Charlotte for the title. Yes. Okay. Well, come back on the next episode to see how Bob did on this iteration of the Cheap Pop Quiz. Well, that's about all we got for this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Bob, thank you so much, as always, for joining me. Thank you for holding my hand as we met Bo Dallas, as we hated Bo Dallas, as we slowly came around on Bo Dallas, as we (laughs) fell in love with Bo Dallas, and as we say goodbye to Bo Dallas. Yes, and thank you to Bo Dallas. If somehow you're listening to this, we seriously cannot thank you enough for your amazing work at this point in your career, and uh, we just really appreciate you. Man, boy, do we. You know, people talk about other great wrestling stories, and I'm like, I don't know. This might be the best one, I think. I think it might be. I'm not going to sit here and call you a liar. Do you know who else we appreciate, Bob? Oh my gosh, could it be our fans, our patrons? I mean, I was going to say Nick Cage, but that's fine. We do appreciate Um, Nick Cage a lot. If you're (laughs) listening to this, Nicolas Cage, good job. (laughs) Yes, it is our patrons. Uh, We appreciate all of you so very much. We appreciate all of our listeners so very much. But our patrons are the ones who help us keep the show going by uh, making it essentially part of our jobs. Yes, Uh, helping fund that hosting fee. You just never know what would happen especially in my case, if I didn't work on this podcast during work hours and have a good reason to do that. Yeah, boy. Thank you so much to everybody. Um, We want to announce on this particular episode that we have officially reached our $200 goal on Patreon, which means it is time for all of you patrons out there to vote on the next bonus episode that we will be doing. We have five wonderful options for you, most of which were suggested by our patrons themselves. And if you go over to patreon.com slash NXT wrestling fan, you can find the poll. It is up right now as you listen to this and vote on what we're going to cover. I will say that some of them are chef kiss stupid, and I'm very excited. Yeah, Bob and I uh, slaved over this list a little bit prior to recording this outro. So we're very excited about the possibility of covering any of these things. Mm-hmm. So please go over to patreon.com slash NXT wrestling fan to get your votes in. As soon as we have a winner, that bonus episode will be coming your way. But that's not the only thing coming your way. Bob. Yes. If you are a $10 and up patron, we're going to have that holiday art card for you. And mm-hmm. so we need to have y'all vote on what you would like it to be art of. And so we're going to have the poll up for that as you listen to this. 
And some of the contenders are Tyler Breeze as a 1920s starlet and <laughs> and Emma anime style using bubbles to fight. So we have some interesting things uh, available and we will be getting that commissioned, created into a postcard and then sent out by the end of January at the latest, but probably sooner than that. Yeah, we're definitely going to do it as soon as possible, uh, as you all know. Uh, we lead very busy lives, uh, and my life is about to just completely explode one last time mm-hmm. uh, in late October, early November. But you know what? We're still very committed to giving all of you what you pay for, to getting everybody their bonus content, to getting all of our patrons the rewards that they so justly deserved. Absolutely. You all are so patient with us, so consistently. It's just Bob and I doing this. We're the only ones who have a hand in any way uh, on this creatively. And we just really appreciate all of you for continuing to sign up, despite the fact that we're sometimes behind on our shit and that sometimes this podcast uh, gets away from us. And I just want you to know that we love you and we appreciate you. And we are we are going to get you your shit, guys. Always. We will always, always, always do the thing. And we are going to do the thing once again in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time with a new episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Au revoir! The Next Wrestling Fan is produced by Miles Schneiderman and Megan Bob, with logo design by Claire Mulcairin. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for our theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at www.incompetech.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook as the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us. You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness. The NXT Wrestling Fan is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan and join our fantastic stable of contributors. They're the best. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. I would like to say that at some point in the future, I hope that we will get to go watch Bo Dallas wrestle. That'd be fun. That would be the dream. And to get one of them signed 8x10s. Y'all, I will go to a fucking AEW show. Anybody out there, hire Bo Dallas. Hire him for children's parties. I don't care. Yeah. Anything. Agreed. Maybe he does weddings. (laughs) If he had a cameo, I would pay for his cameo. Oh, fuck yes, I would pay. Kid does his cutter off the top rope. It is a cutter, right? Is it not a cutter? No, no, it's a blockbuster. It's it's it's. Oh, not that's a right. Cutter. Okay. Yeah. God damn it! I did the fanfic and everything, but sometimes I did the fanfic and I'm like, <laughs> well, I've remembered nothing. <laughs>